I feel, I feel like that's the second week in a row that that's happened. But uh, <laughs> running back to hits, we back in here. Uh, Lee is here. Young is in the building. Young is how we doing today, bro? I don't know if the people can hear me, but if they can, glad to be back. Of wow. course. Of course. I, mean, I can hear you. You know, we're the only two people with a podcast on the planet, if you guys haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and today... We assembled the Avengers of Bars Talk. Barheads in the building. Barheads in the building. We got we got uh Evil and McKay here. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Recurring guest. Be here. Yes. Yes. Bye. Are we the first uh, recurring guest? No, nah, we've we've had a couple recurring guests. Oh, Jim. I see. But uh, we're back for more bars. I'm excited. More bars. Uh. Oh. Yeah, youngest, tell them a little bit more about the bars that we're talking about today. Today, we are going to talk about the, uh, what is it, proclaimed golden age of hip-hop? Uh, Some would say. Yes, I think the final consensus was we decided we're going to talk about albums from 1988 to 1996. Uh, I'm just going to read the Wikipedia entry to give the listeners a, a little background on what golden age hip-hop is defined as um and then we can kind of break down our feelings about it and like how it relates to the music today and like where rap ended up going after but really the golden age of hip-hop is a name given to mainstream hip-hop music created from the mid-80s to early mid-1990s particularly by artists and musicians originating from new york um an outgrowth of the new School hip-hop movement is characterized by its diversity, quality, innovation, and influence on the genre. So that's really it. Um, we call it Bars Talk because it's really the start of, like, the boom-bap rap and, uh, you know, a lot of words. Syllable hours. Yeah. Um, one, two, three rhyme schemes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Not like, a the- whole lot of intricate. Intricacies that we'll later little, on. A little bit of sucker MC talk as well. Like we'll get into some sucker <laughs> MC talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know so saying? this uh this idea was actually brought up to us by uh, our good friend Evil, who we just mentioned on the show. So Evil, tell us about like what this era means to you and why you wanted to talk about it and like your relationship to it. Uh what this era means to me, it, it, it's the it's the goal. I, Golden age of hip hop. I mean, I wouldn't say it, it, there's no better era of hip hop to me. I mean, this what we're talking about is so far gone in the past that it's a totally different thing when you're comparing it to like modern rap. But as Young has said, lots of bars, lots of heavy boom bap beats. Uh, 
is it my favorite era of hip hop? No, but I would say that there's still like a lot of meat to talk about. Um, the idea was actually brought to me by youngest making a joke in the chords. So I just kind of pitched it throughout <laughs> after that time, but yeah, I thought it'd be something fun that we could do, do a little bit of a draft on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think I mentioned, but we're probably going to be drafting albums, but uh, McKay, I know you're a real bar head. Um, how do you feel about like this time period? And like, what do you notice about this like particular golden age of hip hop compared to what one ends up coming in like the early 2000s to like where we are with rap now and like that like just the real accelerative progression of the genre in this era this run the stretch of years like i when i was like making my list for example just the amount of that i kept including as each year went by kept got, got bigger and bigger and the list of names of people that we would recognize as like our like your your goats or hall of famers or whatever and all that just got expanded and then that's just as more people felt that they could do something in the genre and uh it became more digestible to the american public and like i really like that um that that's how the genre like progressed and like i know everyone says like they miss the old days or whatever but i mean like there's a reason people really like them just because like like there's something to like a genre kind of in somewhat of its infancy stage and like finding its identity in its face like at a rapid rate you know um so i think that's a a good point to like bring up um there's a lot of people that hold on to things for like nostalgic purposes and a lot of the time there are still stuff that holds up and still stuff that is so transcendent within its era and like so transcendent to the point where you can listen to it what we're closing in on 30 years after now where stuff comes out and it still sounds great it still has its own sound and voice to it that can't really be replicated today like the amount of staying power that's like in this era is like like, is just incredible yeah see on the list you know written out you're like man like this is so hard to eliminate if i had to eliminate you know just for anything yeah uh we i know me and you are a little younger than mckay and evil not that they're super old that they (laughs) (laughs) or anything during this era but like from our outside perspective what what about you as like a hip-hop historian going back (laughs) so Um, i think the thing mckay brought it up is just like the progression of the genre really, really fast. When we get to like the late 80s to the early mid 90s, hip hop is still a pretty young genre, you know, like you could maybe like a decade around that like age. So the fact that we hit this point and artists were progressing so fast, you know, like we talked in the beginning of the uh, time, you know, A, B, rhyme schemes, almost like more talking, not really as rhythmic with it. By the time we get into the mid 90s, we got guys like Nas, who Illmatic is something that we'll probably talk about. When you get an album like that, which really introduced like these, like the layered way that he was rapping to other artists that we'll talk about what they were doing with the music. It was just the genre growing so fast, which is just like, you know, I'm not as versed in other genres. I don't know if any other genre has went through that, how it's like grown so fast and the music got so much better in like that short period of a time. Yeah, I know rap, I mean, for majority of it has gotten like the label of 
not really being music for racist reasons, but was not validity, but there was like an honest conversation you could have about it because a lot of its music was like you said, especially early on talking over samples and like old music people were making and they were just chopping, screwing it and talking over it. And we see within this era and to the point where we are now, people are trying to develop their own sounds. People were trying to develop their own like movements and different music. Like it it started to become its own genre and it started becoming its own music instead of being a like fad or a niche type thing. And golden age is really responsible for that. Um, We can see some of the art, some artists that, end up like mckay said have staying power like they were able to latch onto beats and they were able to like create this everlasting sound while others were personally i don't think i'm going to be picking any of the late 80s albums some of you guys might but like stuff in that time period where it felt like they're just it felt like a fad it didn't really get to the point that we ended up right with that said, though, now that we kind of got that out of the way, let's get to draft. Um, we're going to draft four albums each. Kind of yep. talk, talk about these albums. Let's get it out the way because there's a lot of good music. These are all classics. These are all some of the best albums ever made. We don't have yeah. to talk about their impact, and we can really just talk about their music when we get to these. If we want to touch on the impact, of course, go ahead. I'm not going to police what you guys are saying, but... <clears throat> Yeah, uh, the first pick is going to go... Oh, man, it's going to go to me. Hey. Um, Stop the count. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. I should share my screen while I do this so you guys don't... I trust you. I trust you. That's a terrible decision. <laughs> Second pick. Oh, man. We are terrible, terrible hosts. It's Lee. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, the, the fix is in. Sorry for y'all. The fix is in. <laughs> I'm making sure Evil goes last. I said that. I said that before. Oh, no. No way. Oh, it's Evil next. He barely got it. <laughs> I, get, I get the snake draft. I get the double. Yeah. Back yeah. yeah, McKay gets the double at the end. Um, we, we got a deep catalog here. We got a deep. We do have a super deep catalog, so... I go first, uh, Lee second, Evil third, McKay last but not least. And yeah, there's a lot of good albums here in this like setup. And I don't really think it matters where you go. You're going to get something good at the end of the day. Whoever we decide quote unquote wins is probably going to just be based on preference. Yeah. I will admit, I didn't want to go first because. It's too much pressure. <laughs> like, no, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot of pressure, but I already know what I want. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ready to Die by Biggie Smith. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, mark that off. So Ready to Die is one of my personal favorite albums ever by one of my favorite rappers ever. Um, I know these guys think I don't really prep for the pod. What? <laughs> I have a long drive this weekend. I drove about five hours or 10 hours total this weekend. So I was listening to a lot of music and Ready to Die was 
one that caught my ear again when I was listening, and I ran it front to back. Um, I think within it, like I said, there was a little bit of growth within the genre, and I think Ready to Die is a really big proponent of that. Something I really noticed this time was how the tracks kind of tell a story about Biggie's life. Um, right. Not entirely in a way like to pimp a butterfly or other like or Illmatic even. Um, right, right. Does have sections of the album where the first section is really about like Robin Luton trying to survive. Middle sections about like kind of seeing fame for the first time and then when we get towards the end we start seeing stuff like suicidal thoughts and who shot you and unbelievable and stuff and like the downfalls of fame so ready to die is definitely one of my favorite albums ever and glad i got that one yeah a very worthy number one pick like big in general like to me bit like big is the goat to me like it's wild to say that with two albums because you got dudes like Wayne and Jay, Nas, all these people with deep catalogs. What he was able to do like so quick is nuts, and it starts at Ready to Die. Like, like I said earlier, Nas was kind of like that first to kind of come with just super layered rhymes, but Big just like took it to another level, dude. He could rap like so fucking different, but like it was still so catchy with like the Puff production and shit, insane. So yeah. yeah. What was great about Big is just like his he has character and charisma and like that really helped sell his records. Yeah. And like you, the the jumping off point from like where he from his first album is like like that leap of talent. Like that's the fact that that was his entry point into the genre. If yeah. you obviously you probably have like EP, you know, EPs and mixes and c- singles and all that stuff, but just your official start into the um, uh, genre with your debut album like that is unheard of. Just and something else I love about this album is I'm sure we'll talk about this man later, but something that's really cool about Method Man, uh, he's on the what on this album. Uh, he's also on uh, All Eyes on Me. Um, by Tupac and like having the West Coast, East Coast beef and Method Man being on both of those albums, I think is a cool little 90s gold yeah. 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 fact. Yeah, to me, Ready to Die was one of two albums that was probably going to go with the first overall pick in this one. I mean, what's there to say? It's probably the seminal New York rap album of this time period. Like it's it's a perfect album. Yeah. I mean, one thing I know, one last thing before we make this pick, but like one thing I noticed is the like change within the music is kind of remarkable. Biggie kind of stays the same in his environment, like production wise and topic wise, his environment around him like changes, but he stays the same. And sometimes that's a flaw for the rappers, but it works in a way with him that doesn't really work with others. Um, yeah. Yeah, ready to die. Number one pick. Got Lee. One choice. Uh, since you started out east, we'll go west. And I'm gonna go with the chronic. So the, the chronic is the one for me where I remember hearing it for the first time and hearing the sounds and just being like just being like really amazed. Like, how do you do that? 
like Dre rapping on here is super interesting too because he kind of sounds like with the rapping almost it sounds like he's influenced more by like 80s dudes like he kind of sounds like his voice and his projection the way he's flowing on a lot of songs it sounds like that on some of the deeper album cuts but man yeah this is just like one of this is my favorite hip-hop album of all time the chronic um obviously you got the big songs like g thing but even like when we get into songs like nigga with a gun uh like little ghetto boy the roach like there's a lot on here that makes this my favorite hip-hop album ever so i'm gonna go with the chronic something oh yeah like the 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 the, the chronic like i when i was prepping my draft board just looking at the chronic itself it's i don't know if there's ever been an album that's been released that like created such a sound of the time that you look at other artists who were kind of in that general vicinity of the West coast there, and they all immediately latch onto that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff around that the early nineties, mid nineties, where it's like, it's directly taking from that G funk sound. I mean, it's, it's the album where Dre goes from like the top of hip hop to a legend, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's not just a great hip hop album. It's a seminal piece of music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from the chronic on, like you said, we see G-Funk kind of take over like radio waves and it's something that's stuck around for a long time. And I'd credit what he was doing here is a little bit more. Impe- yeah, this might be like hot tick alert or whatever, but I think the chronic's a little bit more impactful to West Coast music than NWA was. Um and like the sounds that it created and how many people now in West Coast hip hop attach more to G-Funk stuff than they did what was going on with NWA. Yeah, I mean, the NWA influence was more, it was less about the music, more of like the content. And, exactly, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, we... Well, you're allowed to get away with. Yeah, like, yeah. Which, decent chance we get into NWA later, so that might come back <laughs> up. But. Okay, what do you got? Uh, and on the chronic, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I was gonna say, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to draft or if you wanted me to talk about the chronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the chronic, uh, I, I think the the just the sound quality and the engineering of this album is something that I really noticed, and that's just like maybe the audio file on me, but just like the drums are incredible on this album. Yep, everything absolutely knocks, it's so pure, and like. And I, I love, um, I was mentioning it like briefly earlier, but I love the skits on this album. Um, uh, I love uh, like in like the introductions to some of the songs um, and uh, just the, like the choruses on these out al- this album, like across the board on a lot of these songs are just so good. Um, just, and it just the, the real, the ability that it showcases like the, of Snoop Dogg's like ability to like, be like a like a singy songy sort of rapper but then also like hardcore kind of like murder rap bars you know and just kind of being able to disguise that with melody and all that stuff is like something that i think this album really like stands out with yeah um dre's always been like a top level producer i think he's a much better producer than he's ever been a rapper so Mm -hmm. so that's clear that like he took the sound thing to another level like i was saying before how before rap was really a uh, 
genre that was based around like copying other not copying but sampling other like disco records and stuff and i mean dre did some of that but like you said he put a lot of effort into the sound and the mixing and the mastering and all that stuff this album is in the library of congress yeah i can't uh, wait plenty of these are <laughs> i don't have it on vinyl yet i can't wait to get it on vinyl yeah. evil what do you got for uh, for take? All right, folks. Well, the Dre talk continues because with the third pick, I'm taking 1988's Ruthless Records, Easy Ease, Easy Does It. Ah! Oh, wow. Uh, I love this album. I've loved this album since Grand Theft Auto San Andreas with Radio Los Santos. Uh, Easy Ease got like my favorite rapping voice, especially coming from this time period. Uh, And then Dr. Dre obviously produced this entire album as well, but it's such a different Dre than from what we were just discussing with the chronic. This is all samples and like listening back to this album again recently, it's just layers and layers and layers. There's so much going on in every song, but if you're into like that late eighties, like full sample, heavy rapping, fast rapping, it's, what else is there to say? I mean, like the, the whole meat of this album right in the middle is just hit after hit after hit. I, I could listen to it all freaking day. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If you guys have any I thoughts like on. I like this. I'm very shocked, but I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, easy. Like, yeah, you could argue maybe the best rap voice of all time. Yeah. It's like, so good. Just like the like something that we talked about on the show before is like the character of an artist. Like when they're making these songs. I mean, yeah, it's them and they're putting them into the music, but they're kind of making like this character for the listener. Like the way Easy portrayed himself, like he was just like a superhero. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love his, like he had this obviously not relatability, but because he was just like the life he was leading, but you like wanted to be Easy. He was cool as shit. Like, yeah, this album is so dope. I can't believe you did it for the first uh, first round. That's why I'm so shocked. This, this album's dope as shit. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I've never listened to this front to back. Um, NWA itself wasn't like something that I've really latched onto. So a lot of the solo work I'm, I missed out on. There's like an Ice Cube one I was two in the chronic, but that was really it. Um, I do know Boys in the Hood, though. Good song. What's your favorite song I hear you if you had to pick one. Ooh. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, easier said than done. It's a hit. That's a classic. Uh, Boys in the Hood, obviously, again, hit classic. I love radio. Uh, that's a little bit of a lesser easy song that, uh, or not as like well-known, but yeah, that's a big one for me. But uh, this is also an album, too, where it's like, I'm not really picking out song from song from it. I love just running this thing like front to back because uh, just like with The Chronic, Lots and lots of skits, lots of layering by Dre. It all kind of meshes together for me. Like, it's definitely a front to back album. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, got any thoughts on Easy Does It? Any Easy? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to this album in a while. I mean, I, I have certainly listened to it, but it's just been a while since I've listened um, to it all the way through. But I know my favorite song on it is definitely We Want Easy. Um, and uh like i and i think this is something that's like important to like point out is like 
you can like an album by an artist, but like just because they didn't do a lot of like all of the stuff on it doesn't like take away anything from them, you know? I think that's a big deal to me. Like, yeah, like because like there's a lot of the writing is not uh, easy, but like that's okay in my opinion. Like, I'm not. I don't think so, any of the writing is easy. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I believe like, uh, the I'm not so like like bent out of shape over like he's not a lyricist or whatever. You know, just like that kind of stuff. Like, I don't necessarily care about yeah. that. But like <laughs> this album really showcases uh, like the songwriting to of uh, MC Ren and DOC. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you could give these songs to anybody else, and it, that's I mean, it's the same way with any easy exactly. You give any other verse, that's why I like it by him. And yep. but like, yeah, just yeah. because other people wrote it doesn't make it any worse or take away anything, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I like in like radio is a great song, Evil. I really like that song as well. Um, that's a good selection. Um, thank you. Yeah, what do you got, McKay? You got two coming up. Okay, I so let me uh, here. Um, I know one that I want, but I don't know what order I want to do it in. I guess it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, okay, so my first pick is I'm gonna go Mob Deep, the Infamous. Oh wow! Yeah, I like that pick. Expand on it, McKay. What do we got on? Uh, so they're they that album for me like it just does something to me in like the cold weather months it's just like how haunting and creaky and and kind of uh uh um, spooky it sounds and um like that type of production uh is really uh cool to me and i just love uh prodigy's uh flow and it like i i like that that they were so young when they did this album too uh they i think were 18 and 19 yeah. when they this. late teens making this shit man and you know, like uh, what what's wait. the bar I'm, I'm 19 but my demeanor is older or something off shook ones no yeah yeah no real bar heads here that's crazy so, <laughs> um but i think that uh yeah like that album for me uh like if you look at it too there it has ghosts and um Raekwon on it um it has Nas on it um and Q-Tip on it but it also I like that it has kind of I like that Mob D kind of has put some of their guys on like all the albums like Big Noid for example I was just about to say Big Noid probably has my favorite best verse on here yeah and so I think that that's uh something that that I like that about Mob D as well is that they always put their put their guys on you know um and uh yeah, and the, this album was like kind of an album that like was where Q-Tip really started to expand outside of a tribe called Quest, and uh, um, like I like I like looking through the old like rap photographs of the night of this era and like seeing them in the studio and just kind of like thinking about like 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 how because Havoc is an amazing producer too, um, and I could and I think he gets doesn't get as much credit um in my opinion because prodigy is more known as the probably the more known person in the group but um big havoc fan um and uh yeah survival of the fittest is an amazing song mm-hmm. uh, crystal johnson on temperatures rising i love her um uh um, feature on that as well 
Yeah, this Mob Deep album's like staple for this era. Um, I don't know if I really got into Mob Deep much after this, but this one, like you said, the production on it, the like Q-tip influence and like his hand into it, the the guest features, their rapping, like Prodigy especially, all over this. It's it's a good listen. I still think it's fucking crazy. People used to play like Survival of the Fittest and Eye for an Eye at parties and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the wild New York thing to do. I don't know what I do if I was like in a bar and I started hearing shook ones like that. Not the best thing you want to do on a Friday night, but yeah, big fan of the infamous and like Mob Deep in general. I think uh, kind of hit a wall and they stopped losing the respect that other people didn't get. But I don't know, man. Them and Nas both got like the same quality of albums in my eyes. Yeah, that's an interesting parallel with Nas. I like, I agree too. <clears throat> Man, I love this one so much. I love how McKay brought up like how young they were making this. It's something that I think about with a lot of projects from this era. Like these <laughs> dudes are so young crafting shit like this. Like some of the like subject matter they get into, like it's so dark, but it's still so intelligent too. Like just so wise beyond their ears. Um, great job picking the music. Like it sounds so like dark like mckay said again it just like when the winter time hits like when it's dark earlier in the day like and you get that little uh little wind off your neck yeah like it's just i kind of weather got pull up pull up pull up pull up your jacket a little bit above your shoulders you know kind of weather yeah yeah. different man rest in peace prodigy too of course i feel like when he passed i remember like that was kind of when i started digging into the album a lot when he passed away because there are people talking about it and yeah this this one is special for sure. Um, McKay, what do you got for your second one? Um, okay, cross that off. Um, so let's see my second one. Let's see, I'm going to do. I'm going to do AT Aliens Outcast. Ah, all right, let's go. Let's go. That hurts. That's what I'm rocking with. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got on AT Aliens? What's uh, AT Aliens to you? AT Aliens. Uh, well, I mean, from from the introduction, just the the "You May Die" intro. I absolutely love that intro. Just the the, the tone that that sets, and like, it just it transforms your mind to kind of just be like, okay, like I feel like this is going to be like something i've never heard before you know just and some of that's just like with the alien imagery and whatnot um and just those are the kind of sonics that are you would kind of associate with this album but i just love like the whole idea like at alien was like a term i'd never heard before now and then like and then i know what it means now off this album and all that stuff you know uh and um i love uh the introductions of like goody mob members you know uh like uh, emo and yeah yeah um and uh and we may talk them later um we'll see but uh yeah and this album is to me is like i mean they had southern playlistic before that but this uh this to me um this is the one for me um if i had to pick one um i would say the one yeah. I go back to the most, I would say. 
Um, not yeah, so I would... maybe not that it's better, but it's the one I go back to the most. I think there's a difference there potentially, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to Outcast, I think their progression is like super interesting to look at. And <laughs> me and Lee talk about it a lot. So hopefully we'll have a conversation, a full length conversation about it. One but day. <laughs> AT Aliens to me is their best rapping album. Um, it's straight up just 13 tracks of, or 15 tracks of them just rapping nonstop traditional stuff. Uh, we saw that a lot with like Southern Playalistic, but I don't think it's the same quality as this one when it comes to the rapping. And I think this is where you can see Andre really getting his foot out here and like stepping up and going toe to toe with big boy. I think he struggled with that early on a little bit and he started finding his groove when it came to AT aliens. Um, Like you said, this is one I go back to a lot. Uh, One of my favorite groups, if not my favorite group ever, AT aliens, super solid pick. It was high on my list. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I, I had this album fucked up. I this like <laughs> I mean? I've always thought this was a good album. I always enjoyed it, <clears throat> but like if you ask a lot of people, this is gonna be their favorite cast album. And I thought those people were wilding. Um, to me, Equimini was always the best. Yeah, Equimini is my favorite. I thought Southern Playlist was all that was always my two, and I I would argue it like. Three, I would even say maybe you could say it was four. I had I had this album fucked up. Um, really like the chord made me get back into it because <clears throat> talking with like Feeney and PDR, good friends about it. They were telling me like, nah, nah, this is like it's it's the one for real. So I've been playing it a lot the past like year or so. And yeah, this shit is crazy. Like you said, if I mean it's their most trad- as traditional as an outcast album can get. Um, mm-hmm. I love the way like it sets the theme with like the alien shit. Like you can hear that in the production, kind of with some of the shit you hear before and after songs, some of the stuff they're talking about. But yeah, this album is amazing. I think I think Babylon's probably my favorite song on here, but yeah, just uh, that's, that's amazing songs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Decatur song. Um yeah. I love uh I love, uh, yeah, like 13th, like the closer, 13th floor growing old. Like, that's like the longest song on here, but I love uh, that song. Um, yeah, about um, just short of seven minutes, but uh, it's a really great closer to me. Um, yeah, I mean, Andre's verse on Elevators. Yes. Like, final verse, probably my favorite rap verse ever. If not, like, definitely up there. Uh, big fan of this one. Evil, we're back to you, man. You got any AT Aliens thoughts before you go? Uh, you know, I'll take this moment to just kind of admit Southern rap has always been a blind spot for me. Okay. Uh, not, not that it's anything that I dislike. I actually listened to ATL, ATL Aliens uh, while prepping for the draft and everything. I, I enjoy the album. It's just not something that uh, I was ever super heavy into. So not too many thoughts on that one. Yes, but uh, oof. all right. Looking at my board here, I think the next one I'm gonna go with. I, I all right. I'm gonna go with 1996 Epic Records. I'm gonna go with Ghostface Killers Iron Man. Really? Okay. Iron Man is my favorite of the Wu Tang albums that was available in the draft period. Uh, I, I think that. It's probably Ghostface's best solo album. 
I'd, I'd hear an argument for Supreme clientele, but Iron Man's yeah, my favorite. I was about to make that argument. <laughs> but, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think that Iron Man's probably the best RZA. Uh, I think this is when he's really kind of refined that 36 chambers sound. It's a lot, it's a, it's a little bit more cleaned up, uh, but I, I love the production on it. And I mean, like it, it's got some great, great songs on there. Obviously uh, all that I got is like the, the, the classic hit of the album, but wildflowers uh winter wars like th- there's a lot to this album and uh, uh obviously we also have a uh, raekwon heavily featured on the like that's the weird thing too where it's like yeah it's a ghost face solo album but kind of like with only built for cuban links it- it's like a joint album it's a raekwon and it's a ghost face album but just a just a great wu-tang classic wu-tang rapping about mafiosos rapping about new yeah. york like it's just something i can always i always throw on and enjoy yeah definitely so i did the wu-tang thing like all at once bad man i did like yeah, the yeah. and then all their first solo stuff and i i kind of ran through them all and iron man was like there were a lot of songs on there that ended up sticking out to me and ones that i still listen to to this day um ghostface has always been my favorite rapper on Wu-Tang and yeah man you got stuff like Daytona 500 and all I got is you and poisonous darts and stuff like he's he's got such I know you guys were talking about Eazy-E and like hip voice and I think Eazy-E's rap voice is endemic to west coast hip-hop Ghostface has like a voice that's endemic to east coast hip-hop yeah like action bronson trying to yeah, yeah and, and east coast rappers will, will say that you know yeah. from from now to the guys in the 2000s they will all say that you know yeah he's as new york as it gets especially in the voice yeah um i i love uh this album um a lot uh i think it has one of the best rap songs of all time on it all that i got is you with mary j blige yep uh, and the banger uh winter wars uh you got levitated on that verse um and uh um yeah daytona 500 it has the nautilus sample by bob james which is a very famous rap sample um love that sample um and uh i love the album cover uh Love the skits on this album, um, and uh, yeah, um, excellent, excellent pick. Um, I, 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 you were mentioning Supreme Clientele earlier. That I, I probably um, would opt for Supreme Supreme Clientele, but this is an excellent album. I love this album as well. Yeah, yeah. like Evil threw me off and threw off my big board with these two picks. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like this one too. I, 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 I edge Supreme Clientele to it. But I do like this too. Like, yeah, like I think face looking at all the Wu Tang dudes, I kind of agree with youngest. Like, face is he's so interesting because to East Coast rappers, you'll hear, you know, dudes in New York now just talking about face and how they want to like revitalize like revitalize some of that. Like the way he just he and he really embodies East Coast hip hop in a way that really not other many not other not many other people do so yeah i like that pick too evil's going crazy man 
if I if I add any choice, the Wu Tang albums, uh, only built for Cuban links. Part two is my favorite. But part two, I I fucking love part two. But we can Man, get into that on a later. Pod. Yeah, I was gonna say this is gonna turn into me an evil argument. <laughs> God damn, bro! Liquid Swords is right there. Cuban links is right there. <laughs> hey, we'll make them make that pick then. Yeah. No, don't worry. I got. I got... <laughs> what do we got, Lee? So I don't want to. I don't want to go completely chalk here, but like dog. Like doggy style is still there, and yeah, yeah take it. This is the seventh pick, and I, I gotta do it. Like I gotta go doggy style. To okay. me, this is to me the chronic chronic and doggy style. Those are always the two that go to my head when I think of what's the greatest rap debut of all time. Um, obviously, we're gonna talk about a lot of. We're probably gonna get into like more great debuts, but doggy style is the one that kind of does it for me. That was another one I just remember hearing Doggy Style. I heard Chronic around the same time and just like really getting intrigued to this West Coast sound that was like so warm and like fun. But then the shit they're saying is just like super crude and disrespectful, but it's still so catchy and everybody loves it. Um, yeah, isn't, isn't that the thing about it, though? Like, like you said, like they sound happy the subject matter of these two albums is super hardcore gangster stuff but like you you can't have help but have a smile on your face when you're listening to doggy style or the chronic like they just they're warm sounding albums yeah it's so interesting like it it makes me think about i don't know it might just be like a west coast thing honestly because like it might just be a west coast thing but i love how it, it it's like this weird underlining for the experience that a lot of these people like are going through in their lives where like they're really living, they're really living their reps. Like the shit they're talking about is really the life they live, but shit, you're still gonna try to have some fun when you can. So yeah, I gotta go doggy style here. Probably I argue in my head between chronic and doggy style for what's the greatest hip-hop debut. Depends on the day. But yeah, gotta go doggy style here. Um yeah. think of my favorite yeah. song. I can't, there's too many. I'll say doggy dog world just to say one. I would I would say my thing with style I like it a lot more when you like like you said when it's about like having fun and I know it might not be uh, the most respectful thing but like when they get crude and nasty and sexual is a little more exciting to me than when they're talking about like the gangster stuff um, yeah so I like it a little less as a gangster rap album and more of Snoop Dogg smoking weed and having fun <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Doggy Style's a great pick there. Yeah, and I mean, you get that with like the big, <clears throat> with like the big songs. Obviously, you know, ain't no fun with Gin and Juice. Like, you get it there. But mm. man, just amazing. Hey, uh, shout out to Lady of Rage too, because I believe this album is her debut as well. Yeah, Lady mm-hmm. of Rage is awesome on this album. Yes, um, big fan of her, um, her verse, her feature, um, and I uh, think that. Like this album, I think, uh, had a lot of sample clearance issues. And so it could have like been a lot like different. Like, yeah. I guess. Uh, like I was looking up to verify what the track was because there was one. Yeah. So G's Up, Hose Down was on supposed to be on the original pressing or it's only on the original pressing, but it had sample clearance issues. And so it was like taken off. And uh, so like that's like an example of something that's like kind of that's why you buy physicals people it's true this is another one that i want to streaming 
I want this one yeah. on vinyl too, really yeah, bad. Yeah, and really like love. Uh, um, yeah, like obviously, Gin and Juice is a classic. Uh, my favorite song on here is um, G's and Hustlers. Uh, the little skit on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love the the classroom skit. Um, and uh, that's better ask somebody. <laughs> ask somebody. Yeah. Um, and then all time album artwork. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the most. not cover art anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Crude, but I mean that is just one of the most recognizable ones out there. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, um, yeah no it's it's crazy how these two picks like the chronic and doggy style built death row records and just like the impact that just from building up death row like that and what it's going to have on music in the future from that point like it's almost like what would the world look like what would music look like without these two albums yeah mm-hmm. yeah for how, sure how different everything could be a lot different that's certain okay before I make my next pick, I want to clarify. Are we doing four or five albums each? Do we have time for five, or are we uh, going a little long here, Lee? I feel like we can do five. We can do five? We're making good time. All right, then. My next pick is going to be Low End Theory. Ah. Hey, it was bound to happen. I'll turn this shit off right now. <laughs> I'll cut this shit off right now, youngins. Quit playing with me, man. <laughs> I'm assuming it was high on your list, wasn't it? Correct. Yes. Low end, I mean, just tribe in general. <laughs> like what I'm, the reason I said Outcast might be my favorite group is because <laughs> this other. Just the style, the like jazzy flow. I mean, I I grew up in a house where like my dad liked jazz a little bit. So used to play on like the radio and stuff when I was in the car with him and it bored me to be honest it was it wasn't something I was like fully attached to or could connect to but tribe made it something I could I like q-tips production his raps the smooth laid back beat um it's influenced things for like 30 years now one of the reasons I love J. Cole so much is because like his clear rip from tribe like he yeah, yeah. him approach to making rap music and i i like native tongues and i liked what native tongues did but tribe stood out from the rest because of that approach from the just like cool smooth as butter as uh, fife says you know like <laughs> the rhyme jazz we've got some Bugging out excursions, like the excursions to bugging out is probably like one of the best one two starts to an album I've ever heard. Get that statement. Hell of a one two punch. Um, yeah, I'm heated. <laughs> uh, I uh, this album also has one of the best guest features of all time with Busta Rhymes on Scenario. Oh, yeah. his first appearance or like his introduction to the world is Scenario. That is just wild to think about. Um, and uh, I love uh, Jazz We've Got. That's one of my favorite songs on here. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say Excursions. Yeah, um, that's another one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'd say my favorite song on here is Bugging Out. Bugging Out. Yeah, that's a great selection. Um, and uh, yeah, Ron Carter, the famous. Um, hey, Ron like, Carter on the bass. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Um, Evil and I, you've talked, you know, I've talked about that. Uh, 
yeah, Ron Carter makes an appearance on this album. And, um, definitely uh, takes that um, up a notch, in my opinion, his appearance. No, just to like uh, add to like what McKay and Youngest were saying, this album is actually like a big introduction for me, not just with uh, like East Coast hip hop, but with jazz. Like I remember go- back in the day going through the booklet and just like, you know, names like Ron Carter and everybody going like, who's this guy? You know, going onto the Wikipedia, throwing on a, going onto the old Pirate Bay to download some <laughs> torrents of these guys. But yeah, like, no, th- this, is, this is a great introduction to jazz music as well, if that's something you're not big into. And uh, just to add to, like, what McKay's been saying with some other albums, classic album cover. Yeah. Like, yeah, one, one of the most recognizable hip hop album covers yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just love the, the color and, uh, just how the, the low end theory goes down the back and like that and yeah just like, yeah um like it was something you'd want to hang in your house you know like it's beautiful to look at it's really nice um so yeah, yeah. lee what do you got since you were so i mean what what else is there to say about low end theory um what else is there to say about tribe to me a group who i mean i people know how i feel about tribe i feel like a lot of people should pump the brakes when they just quickly say outcast is the greatest group of all time when mm-hmm. a tribe called quest has this amazing discography that is kind of headlined by this album and midnight marauders some people might lean one way or the other but either way that's like a you know one two of albums that is insane <laughs> like i feel like this is you know arguably the best album from my personal favorite hip-hop group of all time i think it was one of i think i've said it on the show somewhere before this was one of the first albums that made me go back and listen to older hip hop. Like it's still accessible. It still sounds really great to this day. It'll sound good forever. Um, the beats are so amazing. Like this is, I'm actually someone who likes really everything the native tongues did, you know, De La, Jungle Brothers. Like I really love native tongues. And this is, this is kind of a, it still stands apart. This, this album is amazing. Yeah. Well, my next pick, I'm going to stay in New York, but we're going to go to a different borough. We're going from Queens to Staten Island, baby. We're going to enter the, enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Hey, let's go. Evil, evil. He he fumbled at the one-yard line, man. This was the pick. You got Bring the Ruckus. You got Shame. You got Clan in the front. Like, just the start of this album and the introduction to everyone on here. And just kind of what Wu-Tang like, did is, I know at the top of the show, I talked about like influence and like importance because everything we're talking about has held the test of time for 30 years. So yeah, it's yeah. important and impactful and in some way, but Wu-Tang, what they were able to do to like get a giant group like this and give everyone a chance to shine and just create something so special that we've seen rapper after rapper putting out these like label albums and trying to replicate like something that's even close to this and not getting that close to be honest with you just having Ghostface and Raekwon like start off the album with Bring the Ruckus like sucked me right in on my first listen and I mean Inspected Deck in his in his verse on like the mystery of checkboxing chess boxing and 
like inspect a deck on cream and just there's so many different verses every time i listen to this album i feel like i'm trying to focus on one of the artists in wu-tang and kind yeah. of their contribution to this yeah uh, yeah this is the the yeah this this is the album that i think you could argue could even go higher like with what we've done because god damn like it's just such a it's such an accumulation of talent but they mesh so well that it's insane it's like it's like what if you know when like the heatles got together and like braun wade and bot they just had it from day one like they they didn't need that like trial period to get right they just had it immediately like that, that's what this is bro just fucking amazing the only thing that kind of drives me crazy it's hard to listen to by its like songs by themselves because the skits are so long. Yeah, it's a Wu Tang problem on like even the songs work because like Method Man as a song is amazing, but that first minute and a half skit is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking, uh, I'll fucking, I'll fucking that, hit. That is probably my favorite rap skit of all time is the Method Man. Yes, it it's so. I think, I, think I really want to go back to the most that I. I would say people, yeah, yeah, it's disgustingly funny. What a debut single, "Protect Your Neck," like, yeah, like that is just, like, just insane to think about. Like, like, yeah, man, and this album, like, I love, uh, um, like, Ghostface to me, like, this is what really got me into Ghostface was this album. Um, like, I, I got in uh like I, I, it's weird with wu-tang i got into certain wu-tang guys like more so like depending on how they were on like i almost got into them more sometimes on their solo stuff first then i was liked them more on wu-tang or vice versa but ghost <laughs> um like i was immediately hooked on bring the ruckus his first verse and like just yeah, exactly. has and uh like talking about waco texas and i'm like where's <laughs> texas and just like young me i'm just like what like uh and uh um the sample on can be um i'll be so simple um yep. and that's another one i would listen to a lot more if it wasn't for the skit <laughs> like that skit is pretty long <laughs> it's and, like- and then and then cream obviously uh that's that is an an all-time rap song uh i mean there's a couple like that routine of man, but I mean, I think that's probably my. I think that's the one for me. Is cream. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we're going back to Lee. I think. Yeah. So we're on pick three for Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot still here, and I've gotten two West Coast projects. Let me diversify and go east. And yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. This is like one of my personal favorite East Coast rap albums that I didn't hit until I was late in college. Like I, it might have been like a couple years ago. I think what surprised me with this project is how there's like the cliche with East Coast hip hop, you know, the boom bap shit, like it's boring. Uh, like the hooks aren't catchy. They're just rapping this boring shit. <laughs> like what Public Enemy was able to do here, they were able to make this really deep, socially conscious subject matter 
this album is catchy as shit is and it doesn't get credit for that like the beats on here are so like varied and interesting like even though they're talking about the super you know serious like social conscious subject matter like it's still a very catchy album um it's a little long i think it's like 20 songs but like it's pretty long like it's not just a it ain't like you're just sitting in a fucking sociology class like no this is really good catchy music that like a lot of these songs you can really play in any setting um and yeah what like one of the most important hip-hop albums i think that i've ever heard personally so yeah got gotta go fear of a black planet here public enemy yeah um i got into this album in particular because public enemy was coming to uh a concert near me and i wanted to go see them just because that's not like an opportunity many people get especially age so I dug into this album, enjoyed the hell out of it, enjoyed it even better when I got to hear some of it live. Like uh, Chuck, I think me and Lee have talked about this before. Maybe I'm, I don't remember if it was on the show or not, but just like the dynamic between Chuck D and Flava Flav and like how they get to go back and forth and how they're two completely different and polarizing personalities, but somehow work so well together in a way that like you would think that it would cause more destruction than it actually does. Um, big fan of this pick. Yeah, no, uh, Public Enemy. I, I'm a big fan of Public Enemy myself. I mean, like, uh, it, it's definitely some scare the hose music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, with the, just, with the, just with the subject <laughs> content. Like, uh, I was telling Lee the other day, I threw someone in the car while I was driving with my lady, and about 30 <laughs> seconds in, she's like, no, 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 you got to turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I mean, if you're into that sound, if you're into that subject material, like, it's Fear of the Black Planet. Awesome pick. And I, I would say, like, uh, like Chuck D, to me, is just an amazing, like, I don't know if, like, if you've seen him live, like anyone else has, but, like, yeah. amazing performer. And his mm-hmm. and just his ability to, like, just, like, like, rap with the same tenacity throughout a whole album and like just and he never like withers away is like like incredible to me and um i uh and i'll like fight the power to like close the album that's you could argue that's the best closing song on the album of all time right there um and uh like welcome to the terror dome is just that is an incredible song uh and then like this is i like ice cube kind of getting with the bomb squad um, on this album with uh, his appearance on here and Big Daddy Kane on there too on Burn Hollywood Burn um, and uh, just like I'm like yeah song like Polly Want a Cracker like, like that's like just a great like song name you know like like some of these names are um, ones I can't say obviously but, um, but <laughs> yeah I feel like Chuck D is one of those like I hope people like I hope his importance like is always known like he's a dude who I feel like you could, if you were trying to do like a hip hop Mount Rushmore of just like impact to the genre, like you could really put Chuck D's face up there. Like he's really been that dude. So he's got that iconic Steelers or the um, Pirates hat. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, in, like you, he's just very recognizable and just like, like, just like, and there, that was back in the day when like videos or like music videos are really, like, really important. And like, he was so visible in those, like, those a lot of they have a lot of memorable videos. Um, um, so yeah, big, big Chuck D fan. Uh, Evil, what do you got next? 
Folks, we are staying with Public Enemy because I'm afraid someone's going to steal wait. this. Is it Evil Next? Oh. Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Yes, me. I think I uh, killed him out, right? I, I thought, okay, yeah. I thought it was Mechanics. Oh, no, no I, because it goes... You guys go four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Evil. Talk, talk to right. me. Sorry for oh, my uh, dyslexic. Come I mean, on. yeah, yeah. If you are, if you ever have seen me in a jam card, you know I'm not good with snake form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I say, I'm afraid someone's gonna steal this pick now, so I'm taking it now. Uh, I'm taking public enemies. It takes the nation a million to hold us back. Uh, uh, I was kind of nervous when Lisa said public enemy at first. I like Fear of the Black Planet, but I personally uh, prefer uh, Nation uh, as the better album, at least just in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's a heavy album as I'm someone who's yeah. big into alternative rock and metal. And like, you can say like uh, the impact of public enemy on rap music, but public enemy had a huge impact on nineties alternative and metal music as well. There's a lot of people in that genre of music that will cite this album as a big influence. Anthrax, like, like doing perf- like uh, anthrax. Dave Grohl has said this is one of his favorite albums. Obviously, Rage Against the Machine is heavily influenced by this album. Like, when they you go work through- together now, yeah, with Prophets of Rage, uh, yeah, yeah, the newer band, yeah, like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, just the diversity of picks of the samples on this, like, it's definitely uh, very sample sample heavy. But it, yeah, it's something uh, you can't make like an album like this anymore. Like legally, you cannot. No, yeah. like you. And you so look at like that's what, that's what makes some of these albums so much different in terms of like when you're like comparing them to others and stuff. Like she watches Channel Zero is essentially just the Angel of Death riff, uh, Angel of Death by Slayer. It's just the guitar riff on a loop. Yeah, and so like, just it, it's crazy to like think that like they could like think back in a day like where they could quote unquote get away with it or whatever but no that was just like accepted as like a like a form of making music and now it's now there's so many lawyers involved like a lot of people just don't want to do it and so yeah like like that's why this album is like an album and obviously uh uh, fear of a black planet is kind of the same uh uh, frame of mind that um for that album as well in terms of sampling but yeah um yeah chuck d great rapping voice I like Flavor Flav as like the side man. He, you know, yeah. the thing with Public Enemy too. I feel like they kind of get lost in the modern zeitgeist just kind of because of how Flavor Flav has turned into a bit of a character. Yeah. Oh, uh, to be fair, Chuck D has made himself a character too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. For he sure. cannot. He cannot get off the board. He's on Twitter twenty four seven. Me at one point, like that's how much he's on Twitter. Like he just follows random people. Like if you tweet at him. Yeah, de- definitely. Like uh, for the time, Public Enemy, they they were that guy. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I would say this is one I kind of go back to more. I appreciate like Rebel Without a Pause or Bring the Noise and Don't Believe the Hype. Some of their bigger songs on here, and that the album's a little bit shorter than Fear yeah. uh, of a Black Planet. Planet, but yeah, I mean these two back to back is. Insane, dude. A lot of great one two punches in hip hop history. This is one of those. McKay, what do you got? All right, so I'm going three four here. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, number three. I'll go with. Okay, yeah. Number three, I'm going to go UGK Ryan Dirty. Are you kidding me? Yes, sir. This is why we don't bring guests. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know that? I thought I was going to be able to steal this one. Uh, Not on my watch, sir. Oh, man. I'm, I'm disgusted right now. I definitely thought I was going to be able to steal it. Tell us about Ryan Dirty. Okay. All right, hold on. Let me, I'm, marking my, I'm marking my list off. Hold on. Um. Riding Dirty, UGK. Um, yeah, this album is uh, like one of the albums that I think I go back to the most and um, that I listen to the most um, just across the genre. Um, I, uh, it was my introduction to the group. Um, and uh, I would say that uh, this album like is really incredible in terms of Pimpsey and his production. Um, a lot of people think of Pimpsey as the rapper, but he's also the producer. And um, the sampling that he has on this album and the um, uh, way that he f- flips some of these records on here is incredible to me. And um, uh, a lot of people don't realize that Jay-Z riffed a lot of this, or a little bit of this album for uh, some of his stuff on the Black album, like 99 Problems, for example. Um, yeah, uh, that's why I carry. Mm-hmm. That's why I carry. Um, and uh, um, I think uh, like one of the best tracks of all, one of my favorite rap tracks of all time is One Day UG by UGK, the song number two on here. So, um, and I love the album cover, Them in the Car. Um, and uh, um, and uh, I think that this album, obviously it didn't really like have much like commercial success or anything like that, but I mean, it's just one of those ones that just was such a slow burn in terms of appreciation over the course of time. And uh, like, I really like that. Um, like a lot of more people are appreciating it in the last, like, I'm not saying that they were, it was that much of a difference, but I mean, just UGK has gotten just a little more popular. I, I guess yep. you could say in the last ever since they kind of like you Bumby kind of became solo and kind of became more of a solo artist. Like they've grown their profile a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, love the love this album. Um, this is this was the Texas one I wanted. So yeah, I feel you on like the slow burn aspect of it. Like it still feels like UGK is getting more and more respect as time goes on. Weirdly, um, contemporary artists today still love UGK. Like I feel like they're still always getting new fans and new respect, which is good because this is an amazing album, bro. Like this shit is so good. Um, kind of like a weird, like I feel like Southern rap purist, like understand it for what it is. But I feel like if you're not in that circle, you could easily miss this one. Um, mm-hmm. Like th- this is just this is really a no skip album, man. Th- yeah. There's no there's not a second of this album that you want to miss. So. Um, I, I also uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but yesterday was the anniversary of his death when he died, and I think it was two thousand four. Um, uh, but yeah, I know he because he ha- Jay Z was born on December fourth, and Pimp C died on December fourth. That's kind of a little yeah, two thousand seven fact. Um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, this album I love. Uh, like diamonds and wood that that song the sample on that song and just the uh transition to three in the morning i love those are two great back-to-back tracks um 
And uh, I uh, think that um, this album's like was really important because they didn't release another album for five years. And if this album didn't hold up and wasn't as good, they may not have, like maybe like stood the test of time as much yeah. or maybe they wouldn't have got as much support or whatever, you know, but um, because they had label issues um, for a while after this album came out. Um, and, and even while this was being uh, put out in general by Jive Records. Um, so, yeah, I think that that this album is just one of those ones for me that like I can't ever th- think of a time where like i wouldn't ever will not want to listen to it you know um yeah ride and dirty is one of my f- favorite albums it was definitely one i had high on my list and i thought i could sneak away with it the way <laughs> the picks were going i thought it would fall to the cracks to me um but the thing i love about it, about it the most is i don't know what i thought like old southern hip-hop was i know the south got a lot of disrespect especially when it came to like rap music and how people treated them to a degree <laughs> and my thinking of it was it was probably because the music sounded different and when I came to Ride and Dirty I was surprised at like how sample heavy it was um Pimp C and N.O. Joe both sounded like they took a lot from producers like Dre and then producers like RZA and kind of morphed the two to their own sound that was that like blew my mind to a degree so i went back and i listened to older ugk like super tight and too hard to swallow and their growth to ride and dirty like it's their magnum opus all the work they were putting in before and the level they reached when it came to ride and dirty and how polished the sound is and like lee said there's not escape on here because it just holds up so well and we see rappers like Drake now and we see other rappers give a lot of prop to them in the modern day because it it just that sound just stays so well. And it's something that's so enjoyable to listen to. And in a time where like substance and like what kind of story you're telling kind of took reign, they develop this in-between area that is never going to go away. Yeah, I like that point, too, because it's like what so many of these Southern like groups and artists were able to do. I mean, they were really just. Yeah, like you like they were getting disrespected. They were doing what West Coast guys are doing. East Coast. Guys, they were doing it just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is a perfect example. This album is crazy. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Excellent pick here. No, terrible. I'll. <laughs> I like it was at the top of my board. It's one of those things. It's like this is the only one that I want, but like I'm not gonna take it first overall because like why would I take it first? I should have done what evil did and just took what I wanted. That that's fucked up. All right, what do you got last McKay? So are we doing four or five? Five, five. We're, I think we're doing five. Yeah, going five. Number four for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so number four. Um let's see. I think I'll pick, uh, I'll have there's enough options at five to kind of pick my wild card. So um, at four, um, I'm going to go Raekwon only built for Cuban Links. Good pick. It's a great pick. Mm. Tell us about uh, only built. Okay. Wanted that one. 
Um, only built for Cuban links. Uh, I think uh, um, it's one of those albums that like it's I, I can't really like like portray like the influence it had on me just because like I was so I was so into Wu Tang I like jumped through so many different like periods of like who I was into but this album when I was like first going through my first few runs of Wu Tang was the one to me that stuck out the most and uh I think that um like this was actually like I listened to Nas kind of late and this album was my introduction uh uh to Nas and um on verbal intercourse and that's it actually awesome. might you like, might be the first person to ever have that <laughs> yeah that's uh, pretty that's interesting actually like uh because he because this album came out in like summer 95 mm-hmm. and, and um Illmatic came out when did Illmatic come out i came out 94, in, 94. yeah like uh april 94 yeah um and um like obviously i listened to nas pretty like uh, like a lot after that but uh i was just really into like like groups at that point in time i was more so looking at groups not as individual artists because mm-hmm. I, I was like a big diplomats guy when i was like that was one of my first rap groups i get into is in the diplomats and like so i was really into groups and so uh i didn't get into like nas till later but yeah i uh think that this um album um it goes 1A, 1B in terms of my favorite between this and Supreme Clientele. Um, but uh, I'd say Supreme Clientele is like more fun. Um, and it's a little more uh, like just like off the rails and a little more on like not as uh, concentrated. Uh, but that there, there there's times where I like that more than I like how Only Built for Cuban Links is constructed, which is way more formal and sharp and poignant, you know um and uh so but yeah right now i'm feeling only built and that's so that's why i'm picking only built this time um and uh love the lure, allure like or like the kind of like the myth- mythicalness of like the purple tape and like yeah like, that was on like the cassette and um i kind of love that backstory um and uh yeah and obviously this is kind of like a ghost face collaboration album in a sense and it's uh yeah labeled as Raekwon but uh Ghostface um is a star on this album as well so um same sort of concept yeah only built has the songs that I go back to the most out of the solo Wu-Tang stuff um between like Criminology, Verbal Intercourse, Ice Cream, Wu Gambino's, Rainy Days, the Can It Be Also Simple Remix like this one damn near perfection <laughs> I I love this album. It was a great pick, McKay. Just yeah. This this is my number one. Yeah. This this uh, yeah. This is probably my number one solo one. Yes. Yeah. Solo. Yeah. It's my number one solo. Yeah. When I when I made my board, like Iron Man just barely edged out. Uh, only built for Cuban links for me. But like like I said when I was talking with Iron Man, this is my favorite era of RZA. As well, I think this is when RZA really kind of perfected the 36 Chambers sound, where it's mm-hmm. it's more clean, a, a little bit more cleaned up, but it's still got that New York griminess to it. But yeah, like I, I really struggled if I wanted to pick this one or Iron Man. They're both. I mean, you can't lose when it's Raekwon and Ghost together. Oh yeah. 
Uh, Evil, what do we got for your next pick? Okay. All right. Before I make this pick, too, I get it. This is probably his worst album, if you had to label it as, like, best to worst. I'm picking this because I like this album the best. Oh, I'm going this can't with, be good. I'm going with 1991 Tupac, uh, Tupacalypse Now. I, I, <laughs> wow. I get it. I, I get it that the other wow. three albums... If you're like trying to stack them up, like they're probably the better albums. Uh, this is just my personal favorite. Uh, it, it's weird. It's Tupac, but it's a li- it's just a little bit different than when you get to the later part of his career. It's it's definitely more social conscious rap. Uh, the the beat selection is definitely more like of a of a, a like an, a late '80s era kind of sound than when he, when obviously when he gets to like Death Row Records with that kind of stuff. I just really like this album. It's something that I picked up on super early. Uh, I Don't Give a Fuck was on Radio Los Santos and GTA. So getting exposed to that song real early and then heading over to the Pirate Bay to download that. Like, it's just something that I always had on my iPod and kind of listened through. And it's it's still got some Tupac hits on it there. Like, Brenda's Got a Baby's on here. Rebel with... uh, Rebel of the Underground's on here. Like, it's, it's a great album that I feel a lot of people don't give the credit to just because of the popularity of the later stuff to come. But this, this is my draft board, so this is my pick here. This album is underrated. Like, Tupac lives now and strictly for my niggas. Like, Tupac is a guy who, I feel like his discography is more rounded than people give it credit for. Like, Tupac didn't really put out bad work. And no, I agree with you. Well, this album is, is very unique in Tupac's discography. But yeah, I like it too. Like, it's something that, I remember randomly hearing for the first time in high school because I was, I don't know why, I was just like, I wanted to go through Pox Discography. And I remember, and I really liked this one when I first heard it. I was like, yeah, this is really, really great. I feel like I haven't gone back to it as much as time has gone on, but it's definitely an album that I respect a lot. Same thing with Strictly for My Niggas, too. Like, these are two albums that do not get their respect from, from Pox as artists. So I like this pick, I like this album. So. I like that you made a pick that was for you, Evil. I don't have much to say on Tupacalypse now. I think I listened to it one time. Like Lee said, everyone kind of goes through the, I got to listen to Tupac's discography because he's such a mammoth of a figure, like fucking colossal, especially when it comes to rap and even outside of rap, like he's such a big presence. So I remember listening to it one time. Obviously, I went back to some of the other ones a little bit more, but yeah, like the pick. Like when we get a little bit of excitement, some difference, you know. McKay, you got any anything on Tupacalypse now? Um, I'll be honest. I this is the album that I haven't listened to as much um, of his whole discography. Obviously, I know Brenda's Got a Baby on is on here, and like yeah, we calls right before that. Um, but uh, I think a reason, like it's just not saying it, not, it's not a matter of not holding up, but it's just not really like. Like you're talking about Lee about Tupac's discography. I think it was just because like he had so many like label and like issues going on and like in terms of like releasing stuff and like like I think he wasn't like from like the him like being promoted that w- differently or as well or whatever you know. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I mean, like, this stage of his life when it comes out, there's a lot of like controversy and like conversation about rap and how it influences violence and gang culture and all this other stuff. Yeah yeah so there's like a little different it was a harder rollout for this than his other stuff for sure yeah and and then obviously with the emergence of death row and like just 
violence being like promoted like like enough to make money you know like that wasn't like that that like transformation you know like making it more mainstream and so more acceptable but like this is the stuff from five years ago so it wasn't as like thought of or like accepted on a larger scale so it just kind of sits a little bit different but i mean it doesn't mean they're not good or anything like that of course not i really like this pick though i i just haven't listened to it that much to be honest and so i don't have as much to say and so i don't want to just like pull something out of my ass but (laughs) um, (laughs) so because i don't want to i don't want to do that just to do it so um but yeah uh this is the this is the debut though, but it's a, like like a quite a debut though. Um, just based on like the tracks that are on here, I mean, I've heard a couple of these. I remember like Violent on here, um, and like obviously I was mentioning Brenda's got a baby if my homie calls, but yeah, otherwise I don't have as much to say about it. So, I'll keep yeah, it I think going. Brenda's got a baby is really the standout. Um, yeah. that like lasted a little longer. Lee, what do we got for your uh, fourth pick? Uh, 88 to 96 is our year uh, thing, right? Yep. Uh, then, yeah. Let me, go, let me go. And get, let me go ahead and get reasonable doubt. Then. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and grab reasonable doubt because I know Youngs is next. So let me go ahead and grab that really quick. Um, Jay Z's best album, in my personal opinion, the debut, obviously. Um, and yeah, like. I like listen. I I like the blueprint. I like the black album. I like volume one. I like four forty four. Jay Z's got a lot of good albums. This is the best Jay Z album, man. Like, like the highs here are easily his highest to me. When I hear songs like Dead Presidents Two and Devils <laughs> Can't Knock the Hustle, Politics as Usual, like the highest, the highs are the highest in my personal opinion. Um, and there's just not really any lows. Like you get all kinds of Jay here. I think the rapping is my favorite like just the kind of rapping that he's getting into is my personal favorite from hove um yeah th- th- this is my personal favorite jay-z album I, g- I gotta go reasonable doubt here yeah uh running thing on this show me expressed to my uh absolute joy talking about jay's music Reasonable doubt was gonna be my next pick. Now, now I'm scrambling because I, I knew it was up against the wall. <laughs> I thought I had it in the bag. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the first eight tracks of this, my heads, my hands are on my head like the whole time in disbelief that like someone can put words together like this. I mean, the feeling it beat the the evils beat uh, him going back and forth with Biggie on Brooklyn's finest. I mean, it's. I've said it often, Jay-Z's my favorite rapper of all time. I think he's the most talented and most skilled rapper of all time, and this is more proof in the pudding, you know? Yeah. Evil, you got anything on Reasonable Doubt? Hey, just to, like, you know, echo what you guys said. It, it's my favorite Jay-Z album, too. Uh, and Lee's just snatching up all the crazy debuts on Noah's. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is. Lee's got probably like three of the all-time debuts just sitting on his list there. So good pick by Lee. I would say this album, uh, something that I really like is that, uh, well, it's not a matter of liking it, but I think it's just crazy. Uh, Foxy Brown's appearance on this was when she was 17. Um, nope, and I didn't know that. And she bodied that verse. She rips. She fucking rips, bro. Killed it. 
And then you're like, wait, she was 17? Because I was look, I was just looking up to verify because this album came out in like uh, June 96. And she was born in September of 78. So yeah, so that would be like just, just short of 18 years old. So yeah, that's if my math is right. So I think that's just it's crazy that she uh, ripped it. So, so um, like, like first debut verse, just like, I can't believe that she did that. But uh, yeah, in this album, um, I think uh, the my favorite song on this is probably Politics as Usual or um, uh, probably The Evils. Um, Ski is has amazing songs on this. Um, his three debt with death presidents to the producer. Yeah. Um, and 22, 22 twos as well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he kind of, uh, slips under the radar there on this album because like premiere and Clark Kent are on it, but, uh, yeah, can't, can't forget ski. Great production. Yeah. So I, I want to stop talking about reasonable doubt before I blow my top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was anticlimactic and how I was going to finish up. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Illmatic here. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that was your plan too. <laughs> I actually was going to leave one of them on the table if McKay didn't take Riding Dirty. Um, I won't say which one, but yeah, Illmatic is, is my pick here. Nas, 19 years old, eight, 20 years old when he drops this the hot like just everyone knew that he was going to be the guy and they all gave him beats and they all gave him like a full amount of attention and he delivered like no Nas has admitted that like he doesn't live the lifestyle that he really raps about here but he talks about like how it's something he saw looking outside his window and like the environment he grew up in and everything and his outside perspective and telling a story here is something that a lot of people struggle doing. Um, not just in music, but like you think about books, you think about movies, you think about a lot of stuff. If it's not someone's experience, they're trying to portray someone else's experience, how often they struggle with that. And somehow Nas got it down past his first try when he was a teenager. Love it all the way through. Really starts off at track two. This isn't really a song. It's quick. It's only 10 tracks long. Uh, my prep for this weekend was just listening to halftime like 30 times in a row before I was like, all right, <laughs> there's something else right now. But yeah, the, love this album. I um, mean, yeah, like, like one of those where to me, when you're talking, like you obviously can't have objective music conversations, but if, you know, we have a, we had a panel of 50 or 100 people. And we're trying to decide what's the greatest hip hop album. Like Illmatic is is gonna be one of those that's on the really, 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 really short list. Um, mm-hmm. Such a special album. Um, another one of those you could argue, you know, the greatest debut of all time. You could argue this is the greatest hip hop album of all time. Just so amazing. Like, and the beats here, as much as Nas gets the can't pick beats thing, like it's the soundscape of this is so beautiful and it just echoes what Nas is doing so well. Like Nas is really kind of changing shit up with the way that he's rapping here. Like 
rapping had not really been done on this level quite like this yet. And yeah, amazing all the way through. Yeah. Well, well, you like, mentioned the beats. If you look at the producer credits, you got Premiere, you got Pete Rock, oh, you yeah. got Professor Q-Tip, yeah. uh, even LES. Like, I know that's his boy and that's his first time. End up finding out he's a pretty good producer too. Like, yeah. And I think uh, I like I like you're mentioning earlier like the like sequencing or you're talking about like the introduction and stuff like that just like the train tracks like mm-hmm. on the Genesis like and just kind of like kind of just puts you in a place you know just kind yeah. of you just imagine you're in New York out. state of mind McKay yeah yeah <laughs> it just automatically puts you in a place of like thinking it's like 29 degrees and you're waiting outside the bus stop and they're seven minutes late you know it just puts yeah. you there you know yeah. and uh, like um that that's a really important to the, i think the tone of what that album sets um and uh yeah like the it being like the 10 songs like just there's, there's not a there's no fat on it really it's a just like like it's great yeah, to the point you know that's, um, that's the thing with this album it's uh there's no filler it, it is a, a quick 10 like you can listen to it in a Halftime is literally halftime on this album. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like it's, it, it, but it's 40 minutes though. You know, I mean, it's 10 songs. So you'd maybe think it'd be a little shorter, but I mean, it's a 40 minute album. Yeah, you're not really, you're not really shortchanged. Yeah, yeah. You're not shortchanged by any means. It's not like you have like a bunch of th- two and a half, three minute songs on here, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I would say, uh, um, the like because i'm always big on like albums talking about features and stuff like i az on life's a bitch that is all my i my mind still like blows up whenever i hear az come in on that song um first first one the only feature too yes and oh my god that is just an incredible incredible feature um on on that song um shout out az Um, Evil, you got anything nomadic and you love? Oh, just something else. Uh, uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, iconic album cover. It's, yeah, uh, it's definitely like one of the most recognizable album covers that you could show, and it's probably like I, got I guess you guys would be album. I got ready yeah. for nomadic. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. With uh, it's definitely right up there with Ready to Die. Like, I don't, it's the chronic of New York. Yeah, it's. Well, and, and also setting the, the baby album cover tone as like a thing, like because Biggie did it later on Ready to Die, you know, yeah. kind of like that set the tone. Um, and that that be kind of became a popular album concept as the decades went on. So, All right. My uh, last pick is Southern Playlisted Cadillac Music by Outkast. All right. Um, I know I expressed my love for AT Aliens and how I think that's the best rapping from them, but I think Southern Playlistic is raw, uncut, young outcast. You see them trying to find their way. They are like experimenting with different ideas and different like sounds. Humble and Herb is one is my favorite song on here. It's one of my favorite outcast songs, and I think it's something that's so in the like when you listen to music from 1994 you don't really hear something as melodic and as fun as crumbling herb unless it was like the more poppy stuff from yeah. new York that 
in my opinion, hasn't aged too well. But yeah, Southern play a list of Cadillac music. Got Get Up, Get Out. You got Hootie Who, Players Ball. Um, the Deep, the like second to last song. Some of my favorite outcasts rapping on there. You got Ain't No Thing. Like, and then the title song too. Amazing production. Great work from Sleepy Brown. Uh, great work from Goody Mob. Goody Mob gets like a little bit of a shine here. But yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone else got anything else on the playlist? The the I'm, debut. I'm, yeah, it's, it is the debut, correct? It's the debut. I want to give a shout out to the guitar on Funky Ride. Uh, that shit jams. That's all I got to say about that. I mean, yeah, the like the debut from obviously the general consensus, the greatest group of all time, their debut, and they really like hit the ground running. Um, it kind of stands apart to me, like from everything that we got after from cast. It kind of stands apart, not in a bad way, though. Um, like I still it's like probably their most traditional, like sounding at least um, set and like with the rapping, what they're doing, too. But yeah, I really love this shit especially some of the like the catchier songs you know get up get out is one of my favorite songs in general like yeah i think yeah i like the way you talk about it youngest where like songs are good but like like do you play them in like real life (laughs) when you're just living life get up get out is one of those songs that i just love to play in real life um i always just want to hear that so yeah i love this album uh players ball is the best christmas song of all time agreed agreed <laughs> <laughs> i've never thought about it that way but maybe i do it was literally on the LaFace records christmas album yeah and then the video i think they're doing like christmas shit too maybe i don't know the, but, the, yeah the yeah bells or whatever you know yeah, yeah. best yeah. christmas song of all time yeah yeah um but yeah i love uh yeah like i was saying funky right earlier the guitar on that song like the instrumentation on this album and the, uh um, like Rico Wade and uh, is an incredible producer um, and uh, I, I would say um, yeah I love Crumbling Herb um, and uh, I think that like yeah Hootie Who is so such a fun song that, that mm-hmm. the back and forth on that song uh, and the call and response and whatnot and uh, so that's a really fun track uh, and yeah, Goody Mob on this album is incredible. Uh, um, CeeLo is an incredible um, artist. Um, and I think he really shines on this album too. Yeah. Lee, what do we got for your uh, final pick? So I want to do two things with this pick. Have, 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 has anyone dug into the 80s yet? Has anyone picked the 80s album? Uh, yeah, yeah. Evil took uh, I got two. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Evil's I, got two. And Easy does, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we got some '80s stuff. This will be the first uh, album from a lady, though. Okay. Yeah. And don't, don't pick the one that I want. I don't think I just, you know. If you, real quick, youngest, if you had to guess, what do you think I'm gonna say? I know what you're gonna pick. I'm not. Um, Queen Latifah's Unity. Then no. It is uh, Light as a Rock by MC Light. Oh, thank Oh, he didn't okay. pick what I was going to pick. Yeah. So, yeah, this was one where, like, I was doing prep for the week, and I was like, man, let me, like, really dig and see if I can find something that I really wasn't that familiar with. And MC Light is someone who, 
you know, I've known, she's still kind of around, you know, to this day, you see her like at award shows. And I think she might even be involved in that. Like Halle Berry's doing like a rap album. I think she might have some involvement in that. So MC Light is someone who's like been around for a while. And she was really one of the first like MCs as a woman to like really get a lot of respect as an MC. And it starts with Light as a Rock, obviously. And I had never heard this album before the weekend. And I fucking loved it. It's like the way to describe this album for me is when like when you go back and if you're like another basketball analogy, like you go back and you watch like Will and Kareem and you're like, yo, they could you could put them on NBA court like today. That's how I feel listening to this album, like the rapping. Like, yeah, it's got it's kind of got that like suck MC element to it, like as albums, <laughs> as songs from that time are going to have. But like the way she's rapping, like her personality, um, like her the way she was flowing like it was really ahead of its time especially for her to be like the first woman to be doing it like that so i'm gonna go with light as a rock by mc light um legend in hip-hop someone who doesn't really get her flowers like she should one of the first ladies to really kind of put on for the genre so i I gotta go with mc light to wrap it up yeah um i think it's like very noticeable the lack of women in rap especially in the so-called golden era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never heard this. I've heard the name MC Light before. Like you, you asked me to guess what I thought you were going to pick. I know you're a big fan, and I know she had a lot of work within this time, so that's what I thought you were going with. But, yeah, I might have to check this out. Yeah. Good pick. Like I said, I like when we go outside the box. It's always yeah. fun. Also, MC Light, I hope you had a good weekend. Like, I hope you ate good. <laughs> Please DMs are open. Yeah. Like, that's at running back the hits on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know a lot about this album, to be honest. Um, I know like a few songs, 10% Diss. Um, I know Light is a Rock. Um, uh, and uh, I've listened to Paper Thin, I know. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to go check this one out too because I'm I'm a little bit uh, um, out of touch on this. So um, yeah, I like you pick this. Um, per, so. Like short album to run yeah. through real quick. That's what Forty minutes looks like that's yeah. yeah. It, it it was a treat. So yeah, I, I, I got to go and see. Like they did a lot of the production. Yeah. Um, and um, audio too is a pretty well known '80s group. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, Evil. You got anything on MC Light? uh i'm not familiar with this album so i got this and the ugk album uh lined up to go listen to right after we're done recording oh wow i'm excited for you to listen to ride and dirty i I think you'll really like that i can't speak for mc light lee's got to sell that one to you but yeah what's your last pick evil what do we got oh man i got a pick that i really want to make but i don't know if it's like fair to the spirit of the draft so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot from it. Maybe I'll do it as like an honorable mention when we're done with this. So I want to make this pick because nobody talked about him. Uh, 1993 Priority Records. I want to go with Ice Cube's Lethal Injection. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube, kind of like what I was talking about with Flavor Flav. I feel like he's kind of like just in the zeitgeist of modern day, just because of his movies and like what's going on with him now. People don't kind of give him his flowers. But I'm, I was a big fan of early Ice Cube's work. I think Lethal Injection is probably the strongest project that he's ever put out. Uh, 
the hits off that one, uh, Bebop Gun, uh, Ghetto Bird, uh, You Know How We Do It. Like it, It's got some great, great work on it. Uh, Ice Cube, I really appreciate it. He's, he's in that West Coast realm of the early 90s, but he's got his own sound. He always kind of had his own thing going on compared to like the G-Funk stuff. Like there's a little bit of it that, cro- that bleeds over into his work, but I really enjoyed like how he kind of built his sound at that time. Uh, just just a great great album uh, that I love to go back to. Yeah, I mean Cube obviously known for being NWA, but his solo discography is nothing to scoff at either. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think America's Most Wanted is probably my my favorite Cube, but yeah, Lethal Injection is tough. Like Predator, Death like he his solo discography is nice too. Like one of the more I feel like when Straight Outta Compton came out, like he started to get his he started to get a lot of flowers like actually as a rapper um because yeah ice cube could fucking write and rap his ass off and yeah you get that all over it might be the best rapping cube to me like just on a solo project so yeah this one this this one is that is that deal i like this pick e lee this is why we bring mckay and evil so they can teach us some things because let me tell you i didn't even know this album existed <laughs> oh uh, this album yeah. is that deal man yeah like i know predator and I know uh, America's Most Wanted, and like I've listened to Soul Cube. I know. This was, so this was the last album of his like run because there yeah, was a and then he comes back in 06, there. right? Like I remember him coming. Well, no, there back. was no. He dropped albums in like the late '90s, like '98. Like he, War and Peace uh, was an album that he dropped, but there was like his run stopped in '93, like because he did Predator in '92 and he did Death Certificate '91. And, yeah. He did the killer yeah. obviously as, as far as I was concerned, it went like America's most wanted, the predator, and then oh six laugh now, cry later. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. So yeah. definitely uh there's definitely um some material on lethal injection that's definitely holds um that you would want to hear. Um but uh yeah, the George Clinton sample and like um I don't know if technically if it's a sample, but he's a feature um, on the Bop Gun. That's a real long jam, like 11 minutes, something like that. Um, yeah, you know how we do it. It's a classic um, Ice Cube song and beat. Um, yeah, Ghetto Bird, um, as I mentioned earlier. And, uh, but yeah, this, um, but I think like it's one of Ice Cube's one of those artists where like, yeah, he like he's really like a appreciated in his time and stuff but like his like material and his lyrics like do not hold up and it sucks yeah but, <laughs> yeah um but like it's like one of those things where you're just like man this shit is jamming like when you're like it's just just like it's almost like it sucks that he's be like like it's guilty pleasure kind of stuff now just because a lot of the stuff is materializes does not hold up and you kind of cringe a bit but i mean uh but, I mean, it's just one of those things that he was just view- we viewed that content and that material differently back then, so that's why it kind of like exactly with us a bit, you know. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, McKay, I think we're off to you. Yeah. All right. So we're on uh, this number five for me. Indeed. We're closing this out here. Okay. So. Um, I am, I, I don't know if I want to pick another from the East coast or if I want to go West. Um, okay. Um, are we doing, are we going to do one honorable mention or no? 
Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we well, can we of... can run through some stuff that we. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I want to mention, but uh, so what I'll do is I'll pick. I'm gonna um, pick Lil Cam Hardcore. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um. Let me put that down. Um, Wait, did my did my yeah, I, 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 I don't think I heard it. I was just yeah, writing yeah. it on my list. Um, Hardcore by Lil Cam. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I think like this is one that like I uh listened to kind of more loosely for a really long time, but um, I in the last like couple of years I listened to it a lot more because I got it on vinyl and I've been like I'll listen to it um, a little bit more when I'm just kind of sitting down and kind of like paying more attention to it um, or whatever, but instead of just passively listening. But um, this album is amazing. Oh, yeah, uh, and just like just the the power that she shows in her lyrics and like just knowing that like just basically letting you know that like yeah i know i'm the shit and you can't do anything about it because you 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 want me anyway you know and like and just that like that it just oozes in her in her lyrics and like the way she like her delivery and uh like that um the intro track is like the guy going to the movie theater you know <laughs> yeah yeah that is raunchy man but like yeah. that, but that i love that how that says sets the table for that album because like, yeah it's amazing as intro because it's like it shows you the world that you're coming into where it's like this is really going to be different like it's like especially like at that time we really hadn't had stuff like that i feel like with uh you know lady mcs and yeah like shit like that is so fucking influential with where we look at with like how like the women are rapping now like when you look at somebody obviously like nikki but even someone like cardi like at like the way women are rapping now like you can see a lot of those seeds planted on a hardcore and yeah this album is amazing youngest cover your ears uh i'm gonna make a no skip shout out um i love (laughs) i love the way they like talked about this album and like like the reason why this album is so important is so much more than the music. It was such like a new thing, like that we really hadn't had before. Yeah, I, I like I like this pick a lot. Dope pick. And like I like that she like bought or like and it's just her buying into the image of like what like her lyrics and like are being like or what her lyrics are. I guess you know like she's like yeah I am that I am that one you know like yeah, yeah. and just like buying into that kind of like the pinup kind of cover you know and um uh and like her kind of having control of the man and like a lot of like a lot of her lyrics and stuff like that and just like the gender switch and just kind of dynamic in the lyrics um i really like that um especially i mean it's important for this time too um but she just she's just a fucking good rapper like yeah she's just really good at rapping and like i think that is just so important to say because she is amazing on this on this album um yeah and it has uh there's the fa- there's the famous remix the not tonight remix which has like left eye and missy and the brad on it um and uh, yeah that was like angie martinez angie martinez too, yeah too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but like not tonight on the albums with jermaine dupree um yep. And uh, like Jay Z has a really great verse, and Lil C's is really great on "Crush on You," uh, and not, he was on Big Mama thing too. Um, but yeah, the, uh, and yeah, Queen Bitch is a great song. I love, really love that song. Um, 
yeah, uh, love, love, love this record. I would say now I don't know what to say because I didn't know about MC Light all that much. So I don't, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, but I really feel like Little Kim was kind of a pioneer in like owner, ownership of sexuality when it came to women. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think like the way Little Kim did it. And like I said, when you look at the way a lot of women are rapping now, like you can see like so much of those seeds planted here with like what Lil Kim did, just owning like who she was as a person, but mm-hmm. still just still being like a really dope MC as well. Like Mikasa, like nah, she was fucking rapping for real. Um yeah, I mean she ends her album with a song called Fuck You. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that wasn't quote unquote ladylike at the time. And it's something that's kind of inspired people from City Girls to Flow Millie now. And we're seeing a lot of talented women in rap. So yeah, shout out little Kim for hardcore. Yeah, she's one of those pine like she is really like a pioneer. And I think like well I hope as more time goes on and we kind of get more women who are really just like making really, really successful music and ones who are influenced by like this era. I hope that we get a little bit more low cam appreciation. And I think that we will too, because MCs now still shout her out. So, yeah. All right. Is that all? That's it. That's it. All right. Let me, let me break down. Let me break down how I won this draft. Uh, (laughs) Let me explain how I wiped everyone out. Lies incoming. (laughs) (laughs) I got. So my five picks were Ready to Die by Biggie Smalls or The Notorious B.I.G. Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. Enter the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan. Illmatic by Nas. And Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music by Outkast. Lee, my co-host, had The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Doggy, Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Fear of a Black Planet. Public Enemy. Reasonable Doubt. Jay-Z. MC Light, Light as a Rock. Um, Evil had Easy Does It by Easy E, Iron Man by Ghostface Killer, It Takes a Nation of million, Millions to Hold Us Back, Public Enemy, Tupacalypse Now by Tupac, Lethal Injection by Ice Cube, McKay had The Infamous by Mob Deep, AT Aliens by Outkast, Riding Dirty by UGK. Only Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon and Ghostface, and Hardcore by Little Kim. Uh, good draft, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. You didn't win for sure, but it was pretty good. Like, yeah, it was really, pretty good. I, I really like McKay's list. I didn't win for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, reading through the list, I, like, if I had to only have – I mean, like, obviously I picked mine, so I would say mine, but, like <laughs> – <laughs> like that, like that McKay list is, is is nice. A lot of variety in there. Um, Fuck variety. We're here in the golden age, man. All about the East Coast. Um, what was I gonna say? I've got something to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's. Any, uh, is yeah. there? Any, let's not go into like too big a detail. But were there any like ones you wish you you could have drafted, or ones you kind of wanted to but were hesitant? Yeah. It once, yeah, or if you were surprised, like, is there anything you were surprised didn't get picked? Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody picked straight out of Compton. No, yep. no, yeah, actually, nobody, either. nobody picked yeah. anything by NWA, which is surprising. No, nah. NWA yeah, was close. I, mean, I was thinking about NWA for my last pick. 
but we got we got two members in there though, so that's kind of three members actually. Yeah, influence alone, I was really thinking about picking NWA. Like, yeah, I mean, what? and it's just a dope record. We missing? got a uh, Easy and uh, Dre and uh, Cute. Oh yeah, I missed the yeah, crunk. Yeah. I don't know how, yeah, yeah. but yeah, we got three members in there. Yeah, I mean, influence alone, I was thinking about it, and I thought somebody might have got it. But yeah, that's probably my biggest surprise. That and All Eyes on Me by Tupac. Yeah, All Eyes on Me, I kind of wanted to take last, but All Eyes on Me is good. But there is a lo- it's a long ass album. It's long as shit. In my in my personal opinion, uh, me, me against the, I think Me Against the World is better, personally. Yeah, I think that's great. But I mean, it, like, it has the better hits and stuff. But I think just album wise, it's the better album. I think All Eyes on Me is a lot more fun, so I enjoy that one a little more. Like how you want it and like. Passion and those kind of songs on there, so I, I go back to all eyes on me a little more. But yeah, no, 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 the score, no, the score was also a candidate for my last pick. I wanted to do Miseducation of Lauren Hill, but ninety eight, yeah, ninety eight, yeah. Um, Midnight Marauders, yeah, yeah. Mid- like. Low end theory is the one I would pick, and those pick. And so, like, if we had a bigger draft or like whatever, or if maybe we changed the years up, or we had some other sort of draft for this, I would probably pick Midnight Marauders. But um. yeah, shout out to me and McKay's first appearance. I had a uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life on my board, the highest for mm. Tribe. Yes, just uh, just with the Dilla influence on it. I was gonna do do. Uh, why can I not remember the name of it? Do you want more by the roots? Yeah, I actually thought yeah. I actually thought you were gonna sneak the roots in there somewhere. Yeah, that was because things fall apart. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that kind of. I love the Top Life too, though. So I like that one. I like Do You Want More a little bit more. Um, it does a little bit more of the jazzy stuff and a little bit more of a lane for Black Thought to show off. Uh, the roots, the roots didn't get any love here. Yeah, man, I think we, for me, we hit pretty much everything. The Bizarre Ride by Far Side didn't get picked. That was that, okay. So that's those. So those were the. That was the one that I was going to make my honorable mention was Bizarre to the Far Side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is my uh, absolute honorable mention. Um, that is uh, one that, like, because like, uh, I was going to do that or Little Kim, um, but I, I listened to Little Kim a little bit more. But I was, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side was one of my favorite albums growing up. Like, I just, it's the, it's so, so fun. Um, yeah. And that album cover, like, just like mesmerized me. Like, I like, and it's just so unique looking. Um, love the logo and just uh and like the, the theme of it obviously like a like a like a theme park and all that and that i was just attracted to so much of it just by looking at what like the album cover was and then just hearing it and just some of the weird like song names like just like what's other fish you know just like yeah yeah uh, yeah like soul flower like okay um and the mama like yeah but uh yeah so but I, it's just such a fun album um and i think yeah passing me by is like an all-time rap song um yeah yep. and yep. uh uh and i like this is a great great skits album um and 
I, I think it's something that uh, I think like I've, maybe I've talked about it before in the court or something like that, but I know I've read it multiple times and not to say it matters or anything like that, but it is notable that it is like, I think Kanye West has said it's like his favorite album that, or like yeah. the one that was like most influential, one of the most influential ones to him when he was growing up and like making, starting to make music and stuff and just kind of expanding his mind for like what's possible. You know? Yep. We talked on this episode about like the importance of G funk and how that inspired things. And there's a whole And yeah, Farside Dope as hell, man. Farside is amazing. Uh, two albums that I quickly wanted to shout out before we got out of here. Uh, I did not pick them, but uh, DJ Shadows, uh, introducing, I uh, think is probably a contender for greatest instrumental hip hop album of all time. Uh, it's a big favorite of mine that I think sets the table for a lot of alternative rap that comes in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, shout out a favorite of mine in Youngest Jurassic Five. Their uh, DJ Shadow is a big influence of that. The album I wanted to pick with my last pick that I said I was iffy on because I felt it was kind of against the spirit of the draft, but I did want to shout it out is uh, Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. I think that's <laughs> Zach Dalaroka might be like the most underrated 90s rapper just because people might not think of him in that realm, but like. Evil Empire, it's just as much a rap album as it is an uh, alternative rock album. Like, it, it, It's just like, if you're into N, uh, NWA and into Public Enemy, like that very hardcore, political, angry rap, like, Zach Dallaroca did it like nobody else. It's just an Evil Empire. He can hang. Like, yeah. He is a good, really good rapper. Yeah, he mean, had bars. Like, like we mentioned, it to the point that like Chuck D worked. Yeah. Yeah. Very well respected. I will say uh, this might be a little bit of a, like, I, w- I don't want to say controversial, but License to Ill was not really on my shortlist, but it does, like, require a <laughs> mention from me. Fan <laughs> of that. I know the Beastie Boys catch a lot of jokes now. License I mean, yeah, you. it's one that, if you're talking about the era... It's important. It, yeah, it, you you can't fucking miss it. It was everywhere. Like Beastie Boys were, mm-hmm. I mean, like where they are now. Like it, it's kind of wild. I feel like the Beastie Boys legit might like fade into obscurity if they already haven't. But yeah, but yeah, uh, they're not. They're not fucking. Yeah. Put, put some respect on the Beastie Boys' name. Yeah, this might just be another episode with evil on like alternative rock rap groups <laughs> like guys like rage against the mean and beastie boys like they did the rap thing like earnestly it's just the music so revolving around it wasn't similar to what we talked about today yeah yeah i think we did good we hit everything i don't see anything else uh yeah. oh what what the album by red man that that's just the last one i was on red man um I, my favorite that was like my other like kind of honorable mention like a short list is yeah. uh there is the dark sides was the one that was my is my red man album yeah red um, man got a few yeah. like one, right. one of the one of the greatest lyricists ever yeah let's wrap things up thanks yeah salute to y'all mckay hey uh, thanks for having us our, our resident bar experts you know what <laughs> i'm saying anytime yeah. we talk some hip-hop yeah. shit they're they gonna be here yeah thank y'all thank y'all for tuning in i had a really fun time being on yeah of course appreciate you uh if you like the intro song this week it was love me right by amber mark um check that out and uh yeah 
everybody have a good week and thanks for tuning in.